Hey, it's Jamie Sumner, left guard from 1994-95, and this is the Bunch of Nuts podcast with my boys Dan and Cass. Go Bucks! Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. I'm Dan. Here, my buddy, Big Cass. Big Cass. Big show today, buddy. Um, we got linebackers, top linebacker units in Ohio State history. Um, this is going to be a fun one, buddy. Um, this was the toughest I mean, one. The it, toughest it really one. Really tough, tough. Toughest, obviously, yeah. In in mentality and just, I mean, so many, so many guys to pick from. Um, I mean, it's like you really have to base it off the unit too. It's tough because there's like there's some units with like a one really good individual. I tried to go as like unit heavy production and like accomplishments was my the way I kind of tiered it. I I kind of sort of did it this way, but um. I forget who posed this question on Twitter. It was actually today. Um, is this man the greatest linebacker in Ohio State history? And I'm going to play a small clip of a guy that, when you think of Ohio State linebackers, you think of Laurinaitis, you think of A.J. Hawk, Bobby Carpenter, you think of Chris Spielman. Does this guy I'm about to play a clip of kind of get shuffled under the um, under the rug a little bit because he did not have that successful NFL career due to his broken neck. We have won a Super Bowl. Katzenmoyer in this game so far. Second down and 10. There's number 45. Buckeyes would love a second turnover. In trouble takes off. Cuts free. Short of first down and there he is. The big cat delivers the blow and Jones is nailed short of the first down. Hello, Mr. Katzenmoyer. My question, I put that on, on TikTok and Facebook. And unfortunately, I believe it was a clean hit in my eyes. But unfortunately, in today's college football, that's definitely a flag 15-yard penalty targeting. Am I right? That play yeah. right there. I mean, I mean, he. I mean, he was built. He was built so good. Though. Like his bot. I mean, he was just a freak. That dude. And. Andy I, mean, I wonder. In t- I wonder in today's age, Cass, if if only if like we would use him almost more like an outside like edge rusher, like a Jack Sawyer. That that is a very I, good question. I feel like. How would he translate to today? Because I mean, he would absolutely be on the field. I'm just curious how he would translate. Yeah. Um. By the way, he hit that. That's Corby Jones, 1997 versus Mizzou. Um, I still don't think Corby Jones has <laughs> got up from that hit yet. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but the thing is, is and we, we talked about that. All the guys I mentioned um, at the beginning of the, the, the show was um, all these guys – had solid careers. That's why I you do you think Andy Katzmoyer got get got shuffled under the rug a little bit due to the fact that he he had his career came up short with a uh, broken neck at, with New England. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl, but he was not a key contributor on that New England team. Um, it, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's like it's almost like a David Pollock situation. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. It's. But like it's, but I will say like with Georgia, like 
I feel like Georgia hasn't had, and I, this is like a hot, hot take. Like Georgia hasn't had the linebackers or linebacker success. I feel like Ohio State has had. So like a guy like Katz might have been like an all-time great at Georgia, and like here it's like he might not even be. Like, I mean, he's in the top ten, but like, where is he going to be on the top ten? He might not be number one. Wink, wink. You know? Yeah. Well, let's go right into it. I have four honorable, four honorable mentions in my. I did too. Yeah. Um, Don't you go first. My four honorable mentions is that 2012 team. I, this could have been higher if Zach Bourne played his whole career at linebacker. Ryan Shazier, Antian Sabino, and Zach Bourne. That was a at the late in the year in 2012. That was a deadly um, a trio of linebackers led by Shazier and Zach Bourne. But I, the reason why Zach Bourne jumped over from fullback to linebacker was because Sabino and a couple others were, were banged up all year. I think towards the end of the year, you saw the development of Zach Warren. You saw how – we all knew how good Ryan Shazier was and, then, of course, Etienne Sabino. Um, Tovar, Steve Tovar, Williams, and Powell, I just think this is one of those units where Steve Tovar, he was a solid, solid linebacker, and the other two guys were good, but it wasn't, like, that, that good. Um, 2016 – um, you had young Dante Booker, you had Jerome Baker and Raquan McMillan. Um, this could have been a lot better. Uh, but the fact is, is McMillan's on this list, but he's for another team. He's in my top 10. And I think it's because of that 14 and 15 class, those trios of linebackers were good. And in this year's 2023, 2022, the 2022, 2023 linebackers, notice I only put two because the style of defense by Eichenberg and Chambers, um, this year they could, at the end of the year, could jump into this top 10 for me. Those are my honorable, for them, honorable I, mentions. I, I, left, I, left, I, I just left Steele and Eichenberg off for now. Just because, of, and maybe it's just recency bias, just because like, uh, in 2021, like the the game, how we got pushed around in Oregon, um, that's really what hurt them. So it, it's just too early to put them up there with the greats just yet. And that's crazy because Eichenberg had an unreal season, I thought. Um, they definitely could be top 10 at when it's all said and done. I think it also hurts them on this thing because, like, they're, like, only people with, like, two, two linebackers. Everyone else, I can at least get three, sometimes yeah. four on the list. Um sure. And if, I, I mean, I, w- I will throw in if there's like another spare guy who like plays a lot, like starts a couple games or like plays a lot rotationally, I will throw him on the list and like kind of give it a boost over because it's linebacker units. Yeah, and it could be Cody Simon, Mitchell Melton. It could be C.J. Hicks. Um, if C.J. Yeah. Hicks plays like he did in the spring game, matching with Steel Chambers and Eichenberg, that could be deadly. Uh, no, it really couldn't. Like, like it could. That could be. This could be a one of the best groups of all time. And CJ Hicks pans out to be the guy we thought he is. And then Steele and Eichenberg go on to have great, you know, upperclassmen careers. Um, yeah. But it's just, it's just too early. It's like these, some of these guys are like, you know, have trees in the grove. Some of these have are in, uh, big Ten champs. Some guys are national champs. Something like it's, yeah. you, you gotta, you gotta kind of factor in everything. But my two honorable mentions, um, this one is actually kind of, well, actually, no, I, I'm actually, Flipping this, I yeah, I'm putting Tovar, Williams, and Powell also an honorable mention. You kind of convinced me. I'm sliding someone up there though from one of my honorable mentions, Cass. Um, and then I'm also putting on there 1999. I feel like this is a really good honorable mention. 
Niall Diggs, um, very good player, ended up having a great NFL career, like played, played a long time in the early 2000s. Um, Jason Ott also played in the NFL, was a good player for us. And then <laughs> I think he, I don't think this guy is technically a linebacker. I, I, I think it might have been like it was tough. He's like more of like an edge guy. I'm just saying he is a linebacker. James Cotton, my boy from from Rip the mall. Uh, <laughs> Ripping people <laughs> off at the mall. No, uh, the only man, the man who holds the record for sacking Tom Brady in the game. Because he's the only guy who I think ever sacked Tom Brady in the game, but like, it's he got like two and a half sacks. It was like the one, one or because Tom Brady only played in the game like twice, or right? Uh, like he yeah, didn't play ni- it that much. In '98, I think. Um, I'm looking at the keep talking. I'm I'm looking up that game's the game. I think it's two and I think I believe it's two and a half sacks in the game, and the stat is he's like. He has the most sacks against Tom Brady all time in the game, which it's a cherry pick stat, but it's a great stat. And that's why he makes the honorable mention. <laughs> uh, let's see here. 1998. Uh, uh, I don't want the scoring summary. 1998. Uh, let's see if I can find the box score. Ah, uh, yeah. Keep talking, because <laughs> this. Right. Is the... Well, I'm I'm gonna go into my tenth overall then, if that's okay with you. Yeah, that works you're for me. The box score. All right, tenth overall. And I don't think we understand like how good of a player this guy was. He's like one of the most underrated linebackers in Ohio State history. And you know how I know he's underrated? Once I started doing my research and everything on this guy, there were people saying he like he was arguably. <laughs> You can make an argument for being one him one of the best linebackers in Ohio State history. Had an amazing NFL career for the New York Giants. Pepper Johnson and company. Um, it's really just Pepper Johnson that puts him in this. But it's just because how good Pepper Johnson was. Um, and it, that's why this is a top 10 group. 1983, Roland Tatum and then Kirk Curtis. Um, also awesome name, Kirk Curtis. <laughs> it's like Ricky Bobby. Um, but that, I mean, just... Pepper Johnson, when you look up his stats, um, you know, won tons of Super Bowls, uh, played a couple of Pro Bowls in the NFL, um, really just underrated guy. And he, I believe he's a coach for the Buccaneers right now. Interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, it just when you like he he would have been an all time great at any any school and he just barely cracked the top 10. And so I, that's that's my logic. Uh, in 1998, Tom Brady was sacked twice, once by. Uh, uh, once by Andy Katzemoyer, go figure, and once by, <laughs> once by he he was kind of like an edge rusher, uh, coming into the game. Uh, your boy, um, your boy, James Cotton. So, um, <laughs> it's like they label him as D line, but he was definitely like he was like a Baron Browning. I feel or like a, like an edge rusher. Like, yeah. Uh, for my number ten, I have nineteen seventy eight. Uh, Tom Casano, I, I hate butchering this guy's name. He's the All-American. Tom Casano and Ross and Danzler. It's one of those things where Casano was the All-American. He led. He he was the leader. Uh, was a great linebacker crew. He helped complimented the other guys. Um, I just couldn't leave him out of the top ten. That's just me because how good he was. I I had a I had that group nine just because. 
Um, I think that group is a little stronger than the Pete Johnson, uh, the Pepper Johnson group. Um, Casano is obviously just arguably just as good as Casano, um, Pepper Johnson. Um, but I think that group itself was a little stronger. Yeah. Um, so I my, bumped them to nine. My number nine was Darren Lee, uh, Curtis Grant, and Joshua Perry, 2014. Could be higher. They did win a national championship. But they, again, just like the 2012 team, they did not really start gluing and coming together until late uh, midseason. I think I want to say the uh, Penn State game is really what uh, opens my eyes out for this group. Um, and then, of course, the Joey Bosa made them so much better, too. And then Rick Juan McMillan coming in and out, uh, obviously, as that fourth linebacker. But Grant was the starter. And, of course... Curtis Grant had the against Indiana had the greatest halftime speech by any Ohio State player. Check it out on YouTube. You can look it up. Uh, number eight, Cass. I got. I'm actually dropping. I'm swapping. Swapping too because I'm just. I like sometimes. I sometimes like work through it as I do it. Even though I sent you the list. Um, I have Shazier, Sabino, Boren. I have them at eight. Um, you kind of said all all everything about them, but I just think. Um, you know, two things about this group. One, undefeated. 2012, like, they were undefeated. Um, you got to give them credit. Uh, Boren, one of the most iconic hits in the game. Um, and, and Shazier, obviously, was, would have honestly could have gone down as the best linebacker in Ohio State history if without his unfortunate um, heartbreaking injury. Like, he, he would still be playing in the NFL today, no doubt, and probably, like, he'd be All a pro. thousand, thousand, yeah, like a thousand career tackles, like thirty sacks. Yeah, he'd be all pro. Ten twenty intercept. Like you got, like you got, you got respect the twenty twelve team. Yeah, I, I have at number seven. I have Pete Warner, Malik Harrison, and Baron Browning. Um, again, we ran a lot of four two five that year too, but Browning, when he did come in and play, was very very solid. Uh, Malik Harrison and Pete Warner were just tackling machines and. How many times in 2018 did Pete did Malik Harrison re, like really solidify solidify himself? I thought those three had a solid 2019 season. They just get overshadowed because of Chase Young, BB Landers, uh, um, you know, who was uh, Tyreek Smith? You know, the defensive backs. Uh, nobody really thinks of that 2019 team until you look at the stats and realize. How many tackles Pete Warner and Malik Harrison had? That's what I. That's why they're in my top ten. I actually have them higher than you. Um, at, at my seven, though, I have Laurinaitis Freeman, Larry Grant. Um, not not many. I mean, obviously Laurinaitis, awesome, so, awesome player, current linebacker coach. Real um, quick, I messed yeah. up my counting because I can't count. The 78 oh. team was his 78 team happened to be my. This is how good these linebackers were. The 78 team was my 11. Uh, 10 was Lee Grant Perry. Eight was Warner Harrison Browning. And then go ahead and finish your number seven. And then I'll give you my official number seven after this. My official number seven, Lauren Ice, Freeman, Larry Grant. Um, it's just. I feel like Freeman and Larry Grant. They're not as good as some of the other like 
teammates on this list. And also I'm penalizing Marcus Freeman because he's going to say something stupid in a couple months before Notre Dame. So he, he gets, he's going to get seven and he's going to like it. <laughs> they are actually my um, – they're actually my seven too because I'm doing some um, fixing, tweaking. tweaking around right here. They are actually mm-hmm. my number seven as well. Um, so yeah, that's my number seven as well is Freeman, Laurinaitis and Grant Freeman was good, but James Laurinaitis was just a a monster. Like, like those two guys are good, really good role linebackers, better than some of the other role guys on the list, but, but Laurinaitis was just a freak. So like they, that's why they, and also, also that team accomplished a lot. It was a very good team. Um, came up short, unfortunately at my six cast. I have the 2019 team. I've obviously Warner, Harrison, Browning. It's what I love. Him. And also tough Borland. Like we got to throw like tough played. Um, with Warner, what's good about Warner is like, I like this unit because they can do a lot of good, really good things. Warner could cover, you know, he could basically use a tackling machine. Malik Harrison was just, he was a dog. Like, I feel like we didn't get enough Malik Harrison. And you know, I know you loved him. I loved watching him. He was just athletic, um, got to the ball, made the plays, really good player. Baron Browning, uh, we just didn't know how to use, but he's a he, like, he's a great player, and he's, he's a better NFL player just because the coaching staff know how to use. And obviously, Tough Borland. Um, it was 2019. Tough Borland wasn't, I feel like, as bad of a liability in, in 2019. Um, I feel like that was actually his best year. And because obviously 2020 was the Devontae Smith year. Yeah. Borland. <laughs> if you want to rank the worst linebacker units, number 20 has got to be it. Uh, so fit 20, yeah. <laughs> 2015 is my, uh, my number six could be higher, but they underachieved. They really underachieved. They could have been a lot better. Uh, Chris, Joshua Perry, Darren Lee, and Raekwon McMillan. Um, it's that whole team I felt like underachieved. And it had to do with coaching or complacency. Um, but you can't deny how freakish these guys could have been. At my number five, I, I have Raekwon. Uh, it's 2016. I have Raekwon McMillan, Jerome Baker, um, and Booker. And what I liked about the 2016 was just like Raekwon was obviously, he was a great leader. I don't think people understand how good of a leader he was that year. And Jerome Baker, I feel like he just made big plays in big games, like the pick against Michigan. He, he was such a freak. Um, I mean, and, and not too many guys are like, I feel like built like Jerome Baker. He, he you know, he's a, he's a big, big guy, but he flies. Um, and he's like freaky athletic. It's, Kind of reminded me of like the Zach Harrison of linebackers, but um, way more productive and just a dog. They were just a basic defense, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, my number five, 1998, uh, Andy Katzmoyer, uh, Niall Diggs, Jerry Rudzinski. Jerry Rudzinski, very, very underrated role player. Had a pick against Tom Brady, by the way, in the 98 Michigan game. Uh, obviously, we talked about Diggs and, of course, Katzenmoyer. I mean, Katzenmoyer's last year, Buckus Award winner, um, just a freak of nature. Um, again, that 98 team could have been very, very good. That Michigan State game loss is 
haunts me um, as a young fifth grader, young lad, 10 years old. By the way, you know, my birthday is this week, 35. So that tells you that that game was 25 years ago this year. That, Jeez. Uh, so, yeah, they're my number five. And they could be I higher. Number four. They could be higher, but there's yeah. some other. <laughs> and number four, I have 2014. Darren Lee, uh, Curtis Grant, great, like, and I feel like this this team almost hits on everything. It was Darren Lee, like, played insane in a bit in, against Bama, big game, like, made tons of plays, the touchdown against Navy, too. Curtis Grant, just at, one of the best leaders in, in recent memory for Ohio State. Josh Perry um, ended up getting drafted. Really good, I feel like, to playing in the middle, um, stuffing the run. He, he was just – he was a prototypical old-school linebacker. And now he's going to be on – now he's going to be on NBC as a pregame college football host. Well, he's also at my gas station. Like he's on a Cheddar TV or whatever at the shelves. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why am I? Cheddar. It's weird. Cheddar it's like, news. <laughs> like yeah, Cheddar. Like I have Josh Perry popping out. I mean, on Cheddar news about like Twitter and stuff, and it's not even like Big Ten related. It's like this is what they said in Vegas on E News. I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay. Um, and also Raquan Raquan McMillan too played a lot yeah. on this team, and I you I have to acknowledge him in this unit you because it was really four deep Raekwon played a big role in that national championship team too so I'm going to give him his due I know I gave him the due in 2016 but like he also played a lot though he played from he played also 2014 through 2016 he, he was on all those lists yeah um my number four uh Matt Wilhelm Fred Puggage Jr. and C. Grant 2002 national champions solid linebackers Helped pave the way for uh, guys that are going to be ahead of them. Uh, Hint, hint. (laughs) But those three, uh, senior, junior, senior. C. Grant had a memorable uh, Carmen, Ohio at the celebration when it was 20 20 below zero in 2002. Um, Matt Wilhelm, just a tackling machine. Just a solid, solid linebacker crew that you really, if you really break it down, None of these three are top ten all time, but the uh, as solo linebackers, if you really think about it. But as a unit, chemistry wise, they're they're great. Yes, chemistry wise, they they played a lot of football together. They played under Coop and Tress, so they were in my number. No, four. I mean, I mean, I'd show you, man. Sometimes, like, I actually didn't even have in my top ten. That would, I mean, I would have to say that's an honorable mention for sure. I just missed that one. Um. I will say it just shows you, though, how important chemistry is and how, how important, like, senior and, like, late upperclassmen leadership is. And, like, the more ball you obviously play, the better you're going to know your brother and everything. And think about – think about, like, C. Grant has to be the ultimate team player guy. He was recruited as a safety, realized they couldn't play three strong safeties on this team, decided to move at linebacker, and probably has the most iconic sack in Ohio State history by sacking Ken Dorsey or making him throw the ball away in the national championship. Yeah. Think about it. Like you had Donnie Nicky, C. Grant, and and Michael Doss, and you you chose to say, "Hey, I want to help the team win. I'm moving this linebacker, and the rest is history." How would C. Grant fare in a Jim Knowles defense? <laughs> it's interesting. 
It would be definitely interesting. Um, my third cast, I have 1996. This is some people's one. I mean, I, it truly is. Cat, uh, Moyer, Obviously, we were talking about how great he was. Uh, Belisari, Ryan Miller. Um, and I believe it's like Belisari now is like a doctor. I want to say. Um, I want to yeah. say he's like a some a surgeon or something. And then Ryan Miller, he was flying. He was flying like F-18s last like a couple weeks ago at the air show. Just random facts about those guys, but like. All three of them, like just one of the most productive seasons by linebackers when you look at the metrics too. Um, and Katsumoya was just a freak. Um, just that, not, like none of them had great NFL careers, but all three of them were great college players. I don't even know if Greg Belisari or Ryan Miller <laughs> made it to the NFL. Um, I don't think I, yeah, that, and that's crazy. But well, it just, I, like they were just such a good unit in college. Yeah, just think about this, like. <laughs> Katzemoyer was a freshman, and he's on this list twice for me. Um, so my number three is 1987, Spielman, Chris Spielman, McCray, Cumroy, and Jackson, who rotated those three. Uh, of course, you know, enough said, Chris Spielman. That's all I have to say, Chris Spielman. Like, but it was a solid, so solid I, linebacker group. So I actually have them at two. Um. And my logic by why, why putting them above here, um, obviously Spielman like puts them without a doubt a top three, no doubt. And Ray Jackson was kind of like, you know, whatever. Uh, it, it, but really, it's Kumaro. And let me Kumaro. tell you why I, I put Kumaro there. You know why Kumaro <laughs> put this list at two? Because name... Kumaro came to Ohio. No. Because he came to Ohio State cast, let me let me educate you. Because he came to Ohio State, he met he he ended up knowing like a basically one of his good buddies growing up is his Joey and Nick Bosa's dad. So that's where the connection kind of came. <laughs> because like that, he's like their I think their godfather or something. So like we don't get Joey and Nick Bosa probably without him like being a great player for us. So that's why they're at number two. That's, that's my logic. And I like, I'm going with it. Uh, my number two is the 96 team. Scott Samoyer, Belisari, Ryan Miller. So no, I have to talk about that, but we all know who number one is unanimous. It was two through 15. That was, we have 15 linebacker crews shuffled around in there, but we knew that this class was number one, no matter what. It was ranking two through 15 that made it difficult because Hawk, Schlegel, and Carpenter, they have a cereal. Like, they, they have a cereal. Buckeye Heroes, like, they had a cereal. Like, come on now. Like, they have a radio show. <laughs> they, the, yeah, like, A.J. Hawk is on the Pat McAfee show. Carpenter's everywhere. Bobby Carpenter's on the radio. Schlegel is... Schlegel's on Bunch of Nuts podcast. Yeah, like, Schlegel... <laughs> And the dude, that's our boy. Like Anthony Schlegel is like just the stories you hear. Cause you, if you listen to morning juice with Bobby Carpenter, you live, he's on that, um, the podcast with, you know, Jeremy Birmingham, Austin Ward and all them. Um, the stories that, and then AJ Hawk calls in every Friday at eight o'clock. He's on the Pat McAfee show. They, and you can't forget in 05, you know who was the backup to those guys? Freshman linebacker, James Laurinaitis. So them four, 
you're talking three All-Americans and an All-Big Ten player right there, all in one in one room. My question is, can you imagine being Luke Fickle coaching that linebacker room back in 2005? Bro, it's, it's insane. And, and like, I have to give him credit because I believe they were all on the national championship team. They're fresh, all true freshmen, right? Lego was a transfer from Air Force. The only two Air Force, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Hawk and Carpenter. Hawk and Bobby. A, AJ Hawk filled in for Puggage Jr. a lot in, in 2000. In 2002, like if you go back watching the 2002 year, AJ Hawk had an interception return for a touchdown against Kent State. Like, yeah, and and and, and like that's that's where I gotta give them credit too, because like they were like two out of three of them, one just because he transferred, were on a national championship team. So like, and obviously 2005, they were so dominant. Yeah. Um, it, it's it, it's just well, like when you look at the whole bulk of work. Yeah, and Carpenter was on special teams in 2002. Like, Schlegel came in mm-hmm. in 2003. Like, so it, it solid, solid group. AJ Hawk, phenomenal, three year starter at Ohio State, All American. Buckus should have won the Buckus Award. Sorry, Penn State fans, but I will argue to this today. The only reason why Paul Plesny won that Buckus Award is because the head to head matchup in State College that year. <laughs> but, I mean, and it's unfortunate. Carpenter broke his leg and couldn't play in the Fiesta Bowl and and uh, Michigan game. Yeah, it, it is. But I mean, all three ended up too having good at like uh, uh, like they had NFL careers. Yeah. Um, Hawk had the Hawk had the yes, Carmen. Hi. Um, <laughs> hey, Carmen. Uh, Hawk agrees. had the best. Carmen agrees. Hawk had the best career. Bobby. Bobby. Like it. People say, I guess he was a bust. I wouldn't say he was a bust. He just sometimes like linebacker. I feel like, li- yeah, I feel like I feel like though know, he had a good like he, had, he played a couple years. Like he played like what was it like six seven? He it played for like Patriots, Lions, Cowboys, Cowboys. He probably draft, played like six yeah, or draft, seven. Like he drafted by the Cowboys. He's from my hometown, Lancaster. Um, so, but and you know, Schlegel was Bengals and Jets. So like. They yeah. all saw t- some of these guys even like and get a look in the NFL. Hawk was Packers Bengals, so yeah. You know what linebacker? Yeah, I mean, Hawk. Yeah, was a stud. But you know what? Line former linebacker is having a rough time right now. <laughs> Future Alabama linebacker linebackers analyst. coach analyst. <laughs> At Fitzgerald. Ah. Uh, Northwestern fires Pat Fitzgerald on hazing allegations. We don't have enough time. We have three minutes to just really discuss this. If you really want to dive in to look at it, go go to Twitter because everybody thinks they know everything. To me, and I think Dan can agree, and our good buddy Blake uh, with the uh, Silver Bulletin, the three of us believe that this is a setup for some reason. I we agree. We don't know the details. I feel bad for Pat Fitzgerald because he loved Northwestern and he's all American at Northwestern. His jersey's retired at Northwestern. All time winning his coach at Northwestern gets fired on these allegations. Unfortunately, it's you know what? To everyone who's ever met or played with Pat Fitzgerald, have nothing have has they have all the highest praise and regard for him. Um. And it does cast – it feels like a corporate almost takeover vibe because what's going to happen too is 
I, I think they were trying to find an excuse. They were one and eleven. They couldn't fire him. Um, it just didn't make sense. So they're just doing this. Um, and we all know all those guys, all, all those players, unfortunately, because the way it is, they're going to be in the transfer portal by next year. Uh, the coaching staff's going to get a full makeover. Well, it feels like a whole regime change. And well, I don't know who's behind it. What I don't like is the fact that if this really went on for as long as it did, why did the AD keep the whole entire coaching staff? Why didn't they fire the whole coaching staff? That's it stinks. What it stinks yeah. to high heaven. Yeah. By the way, Michigan's linebacker, offensive line coach is rumored to be the front runner for this job. Um, obviously, you know those are front runners, but right now, if I'm Northwestern, cl- claim do what Michigan did in the 2020 game and just claim COVID for the whole year and just sit out for the whole year. I'm, I, I, I'm uh, the memes about them trying to get Heartline are like scaring me, but. Uh, I don't think Hartline would touch that place with a ten foot pole not, right now, he, and he's not um, ready. It, he's it, not. It's it's not a good fit for him too. I think because it's it's just the type of player they get. It, it would be if Hartline. Uh, now I will say if Hartline could get his recruits at Northwestern, look that look out. But it's I don't think he's going to get the same type of player. No, I don't even think the guy at Michigan is going to get that same type. It's going to be they're not going to be able to get their guy for another couple years. Yeah, it's. They'll be a filler guy. Uh, it's a shame. It really is. I feel bad for Northwestern fans. They're uh, they're all taking it hard, but like I will say, it's only going to get better. You were one in eleven, so um, maybe maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Well, next week we have our good buddy Blake coming on, to talk about his uh, preseason um, preseason look for the twenty twenty three season, and then we get to dive in. 2023 preseason football for Ohio State football. I can't wait. We're less than two weeks away from camp. I can't wait either. Uh, thank you so much, so much for listening to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. And as always, go Bucks. Go Bucks.